The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Daniel McConnell, political editor of the Irish Examiner. Why is the government spending money on a new government jet for itself and how much will it cost? Doing it because the current government jet, Matt, is banjacked and is knackered and is coming to the end of its sell-by date. Uh, and ultimately, it has proven increasingly unreliable in the last number of months. And Michal Martin himself, while Taoiseach, was stranded in Brussels at, at the tail end of a European Council summit. Um, so ultimately, you know, it, it has gotten to the point where the jet, the current jet, which is only a small range jet, it's a Learjet, only seats about seven people, doesn't have a working toilet or kind of proper facilities on it at all, uh, isn't really fit for purpose. And what the government is essentially arguing, what Michal Martin was arguing in the doll today is, you know, this is not just referring ministers and Tishi around the place. This, you know, these government jets are also used for medical evacuations and transport. Say, say you, you might have a sick child who needs to go, go to Great Ormond Street in London. They generally use the government jet for that. But I think Ireland's weakness in relation to this was really highlighted uh, when the US withdrawal from Afghanistan happened. Ireland had to rely on the goodwill of uh, the British government and other friendly governments in Europe to get Irish citizens out um, and ultimately what they need to do is put in a, a sizable jet that's big enough that that can essentially get not only ministers but but Irish citizens out of danger zones quickly but also have a sufficient range so we're not looking just at a short range jet we're looking at something that that'll probably have to will have the capacity at least to get them over the Atlantic now jets obviously are not cheap um, and obviously you know when this issue first arise, uh, arose last year there were various options been looked that in terms of leasing versus, I suppose, a straight-out purchase. Um, and you, you could certainly lease or repurpose a 737 or A320, which are the normal sort of planes that you would get from you know Ireland to, to mainland Europe for about six million a year. Um, however, I think you're looking at something probably smaller than that. It will it'll be bigger than the current Learjet, which, as I said, holds seven. You're probably looking at something that could hold between you know maybe 10 to 20 people um, and would certainly have the capacity to fly over the Atlantic um, um, but you know the final costings are, are not yet known because they have to go into a, a tendering process. Um, but you'd be certainly talking tens of millions of euro, Matt. Senator Tom Clonan is with us as well, security analyst at the Journal.ie. There's a lot of people always kick up with the idea of the government spending money on something like this. And for this to come out in the week when we discover that the government has deliberately not paid bills to those who clearly were in need and deserving, does that? Is that a false equivalence to actually make? Does there actually an argument that irrespective of whatever shortcomings there may be in the government supplying money to those who need it, that it also does need this, Jet? I think, um, I mean, we might have an opportunity to talk about that, um, you know, the, the withholding of disability payments oh, to, to very, very vulnerable citizens. I mean, I'd put this in a different category in that, yes, it's a government jet, but essentially it's it's a military aircraft and We've we've had the Learjet 45, the current one since 2004, and actually before that we used to have two uh, such jets, and they're 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 operated and flown by the Irish Air Corps, which is our air force. It's the only jet that they have, and it is as uh, Daniel pointed out, it's elderly. I mean, I wouldn't fly it. <laughs> I wouldn't get into it. I really wouldn't. Uh, and fair play to the ministers in Taoiseach that are tra- travelling around. I, I certainly wouldn't set foot in that aircraft. Um, the it is also used not only for ministerial air transport services, but it's also used for patient transfers. And uh, as Daniel was pointing out, there have been occasions in the past where Irish citizens who've been, uh, you know, caught abroad uh, have been, re, you know, repatriated. I'm thinking of people like Brian Keane and remember the, the Beirut hostage 
Um, there were a number of army officers that were held hostage in Serbia during the Balkan conflict that were flown home with the government jet. Uh, there was a, an aid worker down in Africa uh, who, in, who, who was repatriated in the government jet, having been uh, held hostage and ransomed. So, but but I think principally for air ambulance, the, the seats can be taken out and the craft can aircraft can be reconfigured to have what they call a life port system and, and bring people around. So, if it was just like you know Donald Trump's uh, Trump One aircraft with gold taps and gold mirrors and toilet seats, you know I'd raise an eyebrow. But but this uh, is functional. Rather yeah, yeah, it's than, far from it. Yeah. It, okay. Right, well, let's move on to the issue of uh, the denial of payments to people with disabilities who are in residential care. What's happening in relation to this, uh, Danny McConnell? Is it this another example of where the government is saying, oh, bigger picture, we can't afford to be repaying everybody money when it's been demanded? Yeah, so this again dominated leaders' questions earlier on, Matt, and Pierce Doherty was very much on the attack uh, in relation to both the disability and and the nursing home issue and essentially saying that the government was you know, reneging on its moral obligations to people who had it essentially illegally charged over many years and Michal Martin came back and said you know you know the, the the strategy was very open and transparent we we you know and the idea the ground is, again has never been conceded that you know people would get the totality of their costs refunded and he also made the point as as you alluded to in your in your commentary there you know you know, would would we simply open the checkbook and and pay a hundred percent for every claim made against the state? Because you know, you'd essentially be starving this generation and future generations to pay for the you know the crimes of the past. Um, and ultimately, he says, you know, there is a balance to to I suppose to, to be struck between addressing the very real concerns and needs of people who have been wronged, but also by, by not denying I suppose the services to you know a growing population and an aging population need uh, right now and into the future. So I think what you got from Michal Martin was a stern stern enough defence of the, the, I suppose, the approach being taken. I think Pierce Doherty was trying to really hone in on his role, given the fact he sat at the cabinet table between 1997 and 2011, um, when a lot of these issues first came up. And, and you know, obviously he's a former minister for health, so he too would have been intimately in, uh, you know, aware of such a strategy. Um, but for Michal Martin, there was no apology. There was no kind of re- expressions of regret. Essentially, what he was trying to do was you know, paint the picture that the state needs to be responsible when it comes to taxpayers' money. And merely people like himself and Pierce Doherty are, are essentially kind of temporary residents in Leinster House and in government buildings if they're lucky enough and it's the taxpayers' money at the end of the day that needs to be protected. What do you make of that Dr Tom Clonan given that as even before you became an independent senator you have been a long time campaigner on behalf of people with disabilities is this acceptable that the government says well we not, can't pay everybody who makes a claim because we have to use money for current ongoing issues? I, I, I actually think it's it's gross I think it's really perverse. I think uh, Michal Martin has put the cart before the horse. It's not that we should stop having to pay people for wrongs in the past. We should stop doing unethical things. If you deny a person with a disability their allowance uh, or a service or a support or an elderly person who needs under the Health Act the protection of the state uh, in, in nursing home care or a home care package, if you deny that out of incompetence, let's say, or an oversight, that's one thing. But what has been revealed is the state evolved a proactive, premeditated strategy using the taxpayers' money, which Michal uh, is so careful of, husbanding it. But they used taxpayers' money, your money and my money and my son's money, who's a disabled man, to target people with disabilities, to target them and put them into an adversarial system to suppress their rights 
and to, and this was done by grown-ups, adults, educated people, senior civil servants and members of government and successive ministers for health who oversaw this proactive, premeditated strategy to suppress and violate the rights of our most vulnerable citizens. And it, it wasn't a sound legal strategy. It was reprehensible and it is indefensible and there should be redress and there should be accountability for all of those who signed off. And I can tell you, Matt, you know, I know as a parent and a carer and I know many thousands of people listening with elderly parents, you know, your, your child or your your your, your mum or your dad who you thought was in, you know, going to live forever and was indestructible and you're lifting them up onto the bed and taking care of their intimate care needs and you're trying to get them to have a bit of dignity and, and to think that there are people in very powerful positions who acted in concert to suppress the rights of our most vulnerable. And I don't mind using that word because they were preyed upon by these uh, state actors. And, you know, you, you judge the the, 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 the the kind of the quality of a society in terms of how it treats its most vulnerable citizens. And that's you know, to actually target them in that way says a lot about Ireland. And I can tell you now, Matt, if you're elderly, if you're on a trolley, as we saw at Christmas, if you are disabled in this country or if you acquire a brain injury or you have a stroke and you lose function, God help you. You are, and I don't use the word, Ireland is an outlier in European Union terms. We're the only state in the European Union where there is no obligation on the state or its uh, on the government or its agents like the HSE to actually provide supports, services, therapies and treatments. And that's why we have tens of thousands of children still waiting, even an assessment of need, never mind the, the, the recommended treatments, thousands of children waiting to be seen by our child and adolescent mental health services. And, and this is a state that shows contempt for vulnerable people. And it's philosophical, it's ideological, it resides in this idea that care can be commodified that healthcare can be commodified and that women will do the rest. It's it's highly gendered in terms of caring. Senator Tom Clonan, thank you very much. And Danny McConnell, political editor of the Irish Examiner. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.